everyone. Welcome to the Third Culture Kid Virtual Online Forum, where our conversations of TCK and faith come together. This is a place for people to share their own stories and to learn from others. It is a place where people can safely explore the effects, benefits, and purpose with cross-cultural upbringing. We also want to challenge TCKs to think deeper on how their cross-cultural component of their lives is tied to their faith. This podcast is brought to you by Crew, a caring community passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. Okay, so today we will be talking about TCAs, which stand for Third Culture Adults. So a TCA is a person who, as an adult, moved overseas and spent two or more years in a culture that wasn't their passport or host culture. TCAs offer TCKs and non-TCKs a unique outlook on life. I'll start with introducing myself. So my name is Elizabeth and I am a TCK because I spent from ages 2 to 11 in the Philippines. Next, I would like our panelists to say their name, where you are currently living, what makes you a TCA, and how long were you a TCA? Cool. I can go. Hi, everyone. My name is Andrew. Um, I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I am a TCA because I lived abroad in China for two years. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Eben, and uh, I'm actually uh, right now in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm a TCA because I was born and brought up in India, and uh, I came to the U.S. in 2014, December. So I've been almost uh, like seven years in the U.S., Three years was in Tampa. I did my uh, graduation there uh, for my master's. Right now, I'm working here in Jacksonville. Good to meet you guys. My name is Hannah. I'm currently living in Boston, Massachusetts. I came from China to Boston for my undergrad study 11 years ago. And after graduation in 2016, I started working in Boston. First question I had is, what is the funniest experience you had due to cross-cultural miscommunication? It's a good question. I feel like I have a handful of experiences. Something that stands out, though, just general cultural level. In America, you know, everyone's very time-driven. Like, everything has to be planned out in advance. The next month, everything is planned out. In China, things are a little bit more relaxed in some regards. Most days, people go to lunch, but afterwards, they take a nap. And so that was just, it was a shock to see, you know, people napping on the, under trees or taking breaks different places. We'd walk into a restaurant and the owners would just be kind of just sleeping on one of the, you know, one of the benches or the booths. So we kind of awkwardly just walk in and be like, are you still open? Are you closed? Wondering to ourselves. And then sometimes having to just kind of awkwardly leave if we're not sure, or even trying to like find or meet people, meet students could be super difficult because everyone's back in their dorms taking a nap. One of my roommates was telling me there was, they had a, a friend visit them who was Chinese and he booked a train ticket out to meet them. So he, arrived, 
but he never booked the train ticket to return. <laughs> they were wondering, like, how long is he going to stay with us? This is kind of weird. We don't know. Time is a definite cross-cultural factor that we don't think very much about. As an American, I don't think too often. But uh, it is something that is viewed very differently. I like what Andrew just shared. I had experience the other way around because I came from China and uh, now working in the States. Sometimes I feel like work meetings or staff meetings kind of weird to me in the beginning because in China, for work meetings, we used to have agenda and uh, diving into agenda immediately. And uh, if we have time left over, we could talk about personal things or share life to each other. On the other hand, my work meetings in the States are mostly, we don't start the, the agenda immediately. We, we will have mingling time or small talk uh, in the beginning. So before I used to start talking to my co-workers about uh, work-related things and ask them questions about work. But they seem like not very interested in getting me back on work. So that was kind of confused me. So small talk is the new thing for me to learn. I think I'm still not very good at small talk either. For me, I think I resonate with both the panelists time as well, except the fact that I am late every time. Oh my gosh. So uh, I think a lot of the times, like, uh, there have been incidents in which, you know, like, my friends can invite me, you know, hey, we have to meet at, like, 6 p.m. And that 6 p.m. for me is maybe 8 or maybe 9, depends 9.30. So it's from 6 to midnight. That's what 6 p.m. means to me. So just kidding. <laughs> it's like, uh, with our culture, I think we are, as, as we were talking about, it's kind of very flexible. And we feel it's okay, but again, like in especially coming to the US and when you have formal meetings or, you know, people are very specific about times, eight is eight and eight or one is late, things like that. At first, it took me some time to adjust, but it was different. But again, my friends have newer techniques right now. So instead of if something is starting at six, they tell me it starts at three, at three <laughs> like around that time so yeah that was one of the funniest experience for me <laughs> yeah I remember I was talking to one of my Indian friends he had just arrived to America and he said he's still getting used to the adjustment because he's like in India if you say like you arrive at 11 it means you can arrive anywhere between 11 and 12 so you're not actually late till after 12 and he's like I know in America it's not the same and I'm like no um, yeah The next question is, what was the hardest adjustment you had when moving to a new culture? So for me, um, having grown up in the U.S. my whole life, going to China was a pretty stark difference in cultures. Language was a big thing. Um, Besides students, nobody really speaks English. And so that can make things very difficult. Finding, you know, basic things like phone, where to pay your electric bill, just 
basic interactions, even with like taxis and things. So I think that was a big one. Getting used to um, other cultural things, like there's no ice really, there's no cold water. It's all about the hot water, which I learned to appreciate a lot, especially in winter. Just the language barrier was probably the most difficult thing for me. So I guess for me, definitely language was a kind of an adjustment, specifically the speed when we talk. Technically in India, even though uh, my schooling was in English, the, the speed that we talk is pretty much a much slower pace than how we talk here. So what that creates is like, it's kind of like hard to kind of understand if you're like just arriving to the US from India. And it took me a while because if, if the sentence is pretty long, you can like skip in between because the text or whoever speaking, it's pretty fast, right? So that was the first thing for me to train myself to listen properly. That's why I understand everything in that fast pace. Apart from that, even speaking, uh, because a lot of the times uh, you kind of think like, am I speaking the right thing? You know, is it correct? There's the right speed to say, you know, like, uh, do I need to add, uh, you know, more words and stuff like that. So kind of confusions as well was kind of the part of it. And food was an adjustment, but in a good way. I love the food here. And things like where to go for groceries, getting your licenses, even things like the leasing system and how it works. It's not as simple as in India, you could just go and just rent a house. There is also certain things called as leasing and how you can apply, you know, for a lease system and how somebody subleases and stuff like that. So a lot of those kind of things I actually had to learn. And those were kind of the adjustments moving to the new culture. For me, I think language and communication style are hard for me. Those are the hardest, two hardest adjustments. And mm -hmm. English is hard for me. The other thing is, I think Chinese communication style is more indirect compared to American way. I used to let people to guess what I'm thinking or feeling based on my body language or facial expression. When I say maybe, I'm hoping or expecting people to understand it's a no. Or when I say next time or let me think about it, it's no as well. So it's a pretty indirect. After I came here, I'm still learning how to express my thoughts and feelings in a more direct, more straightforward way. Hmm. Yeah, so what about maybe your adjustment or how things are different when you came back to your own country? Was there like adjustments in that way too? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely um, reverse culture shock. It's something you don't really think about, you know, when you're going to a new place. But you become so used to a, a certain culture, a certain country that you, when you return to your own country, it's almost shocking. So for me, it was pretty overwhelming, just especially going to the supermarket and just seeing the wide selection of food and sugary candies and cereals and things, just having all that at my disposal. And then even like going to church for me was kind of overwhelming. So going from like a, a very small, little close-knit 
living room church with people in China to just big old mega church worships on a stage, lights. It was just a lot. I just had to sit there and kind of take it in at a certain point. Another thing too is it's crazy because it's for me it was two years. And in those two years, we change, we learn a ton, we have all these experiences. But the thing is, people back home are also experiencing things. They're also changing and growing. And so, you know, you get home and you think that, oh, I got to share this with everybody. Everyone's going to want to hear every single detail about my experience. But, you know, they've also experienced things. And so I think maybe feeling kind of overlooked or forgotten about once you've sort of gotten back into your own culture was kind of an adjustment for me. No, that makes sense. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, that I am learning to express myself in a more direct way when I am in Boston. And if I went back to China, I learned a little bit to say no to some things, but it's not very accepting uh, in the yeah. Chinese cultural context. And because it, sometimes it will hurt people's feelings. And mm-hmm. so that's the major culture shock I have met. Even say no directly to my parents is <laughs> a challenging thing. Yeah, I think for me, like, one thing for sure is like driving, because India is pretty crazy about traffic. Yeah. And uh, I might have to take a few lessons before I drive again. <laughs> traffic here is much more structured and much more organized. But in India, it, it's a lot of cars, a lot of vehicles, and it's hard to adjust that pace. That would be definitely an adjustment going back. Even uh, food. Because I think even if we have Indian food in the U.S., it's creamy enough and it's not that super spicy. So I'm pretty sure, I think I'm being used to it so far. Once I go back, the actual spice, they're super spicy in India. So I might have to have a few weeks, you know, have to have normal food and then a little bit transition back to. Oh my gosh. And then your Indian friends and family will probably make fun of you. Oh, yeah, they will. I mean, if someone doesn't eat spice in India, I'm like, mm, something's wrong with this guy. Yeah. We used to call the, the traffic in China and India organized chaos. Yeah. Oh my God. It's very different. You know, everyone's just kind of meshing together, cutting people off, but everyone's very defensive and they're all good drivers and they all know what they're doing. Whereas in America, we, people drive super fast, but they expect everyone to obey the law and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was the same thing in the Philippines. My mom, she would refuse to drive in the Philippines. So when I was a kid, I didn't realize my mom could drive. I just assumed she couldn't because I had never seen her drive. And then I came back to America and I was like, oh, I guess she does drive. Um. So the last question I have is, how did your faith help navigate the challenges you face living in your TCA culture? 
for me a lot of different factors i think it actually helped me because the very first thing for me was when i first came in i actually had the sense that i was alone and i had no other option than to trust god than to have faith in him right because i was miles away from my family whom i know i was miles away from my friends and people i know and the entire culture is different uncertain about pretty much everything you know i don't know what to do whom do i trust what do i do and what can i do so that i can, can do something right so that brings me to one lord i i cannot do a lot of stuff i don't know what to do next and that very thing to have a complete surrender and pretty much have faith in him that yeah. the god who has brought me here is capable enough to sustain me even mm. that that's the first feeling pretty much that actually has helped me a lot even now pretty much even different times when you apply for a job or like you're on your campus you're studying you're not doing well mm. and you have to do a few things at this time and time is running down and one good thing even if you're in india that you actually had friends you had families mm-hmm. here it's pretty new right so trusting in god pretty much having faith in him and just to realize that okay no matter what mm-hmm. happens god is there nothing wrong is going to happen whatever is going to happen is going to be for good right and there is nothing wrong to fail as long as god is there with me i can move forward it's not yeah. wrong to have goals it's not wrong to redefine goals you yeah. know so these things really really has helped me even now not that i figured everything i have so many things to learn and i feel i'm still learning and growing and at each point of time that sense that god is with me helps me there is a verse which one of my best verses is from romans 8:30 says what shall we do to these things if god is with us who can be against us yeah right. mm. that's one of my favorite verses another part was definitely my faith grows pretty much when also i see others when i see the faith for someone else or helping someone the staff and crew you know and ross and different friends christian friends modern uh, sophia payton mm-hmm. so their faith kind of also helps me to motivate you know like it's yeah, fine yeah. i'm actually in a good group so it counteracts and helps you to move forward mm-hmm. definitely faith has really helped me a lot and just to have a good community of friends christian friends and just knowing that god is there and he's got me has definitely helped me yeah it's definitely good to have that christian community and it is when we're put in hard situations like mm-hmm. you said like sometimes god is the only thing we can rely on and trust in but i think it's good to be put in hard situations because it's like if life is always easy yeah. then we don't need to really rely on god or we don't We yeah. always need to rely on God, but we don't see the importance of it until things get hard. At least that's, I feel like, what I've experienced in my personal life. Totally, exactly. Mm-hmm. For me, I resonate with Eben on that. Just being in a new place, you know, not having a large community to surround yourself with and such. And, and that really made me lean into the community that I was fortunate and blessed to find mm-hmm. having classmates who were believers 
finding other believers in the community and even other Americans was a really big part of, of what carried me through that experience. Mm-hmm. It, it just made us so much closer, you know, being that there was only a, like, a handful of us in the city. Yeah. I think it was just really cool to experience that that group that could sustain us, that we do life with. We would, obviously, we would worship together, pray, eat, and even just helping each other out with the tasks mm-hmm. and things was really helpful. I'd say, too, my faith was almost even shaped by the culture itself. Mm-hmm. Just living in, a, in an Eastern culture sort of made me more open to seeing just God's creation, mm-hmm. um, the culture of the people, sort of understanding that he's made all of this and all of it reflects him and it brings mm-hmm. him glory. So really just opened my, my own worldview outside of my Western upbringing. I started to see the Bible through a different lens as well. Starting to see that there's different culture types. So I've, I've read a few books while I was over there and you sort of get to see that there's in the West, we have, you know, a guilt innocence perspective on things. In the East, you've got more honor shame. Mm-hmm. In other places, you've got more fear power. So I, I think being able to really experience that honor shame perspective on things just showed me a new light and really reading biblical stories with that lens sort of opened things up even more for me, which was super neat because really having a, a, a truncated view of the gospel can really can hinder relationships, can hinder your own perspective on God. And yeah, so that, that was super neat. Even just things like learning the language, learning, you know, the different meanings of words and how they translate because really we've all got a heart language, you know, we grew up with, but being able to learn another language and either reading scripture or studying biblical words and just seeing the meanings. That really gave me another just perspective on the gospel, on the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely yeah. sustaining living in another culture. It was a very growing yeah. experience. I think what's even cool is just thinking about, I think China is very much honor shame culture. And like thinking that, well, the Bible was written to an honor-shame culture. Jesus grew up in an honor-shame culture. So I don't know if this is the book you read, but like one of my favorite books, if you want to learn about the honor-shame culture and fear power and guilt innocent is called The 3D Gospel. Best book I've ever read on that. It really helped me see my worldview in different worldviews. And how the Bible plays into like everything. It's one of my favorite books. I suggest it to everyone. (laughs) That was one of the books I read. Okay. Super good. I was looking back at my notes. I was like, wow, I should really reread this because it's full of so much good stuff. I think I've read it like four different times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Hannah, what about for you? Yeah, for me, I think faith in the Lord Jesus not just help me navigate my life in the States, but help me navigate my, my life in general. I came to know Christ 11 years ago when I first arrived in Boston for my undergrad. My friend brought me to a small Bible study group, and I got to hear about God. And in the Bible, is it mentioned that we need to put down our old self and put on yourself. 
that's the source for me to now not just be aware of my own culture or my my tradition feeling or perspectives, but also learning the others. Even they are new and different, mm-hmm. I need to build up more understanding and to communicate well. Mm-hmm. I was not used to communicate more directly because uh, saying no will hurt people's feeling. That kind of mm-hmm. uh, stop me or prevent me to express my honesty by learning God is truth and he also has grace mm-hmm. and helped me that I will have security in him. I could express honestly without having a strong desire to earn approval from people because I'm already approved in God. Faith in Jesus really helped me to learn and explore and even change in a new environment and in new culture. In this process, I'll find much more security in God mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, that's mm. good stuff. Thank you guys for sharing. TCKVOF is now on 10 podcast platforms. And if you want to stay connected to us and ask us questions or topic you would like to discuss in the future, you can click on the message on the anchor to leave us a voice message. We actually now just recently started an Instagram page. You can find the link in the description. We also have a blog. So on there, you can also find out more detail and message us for more information. Yeah, so thank you again for listening to TCKVOF and how God plays into our experiences. Hope you have a great rest of your week.